Hey, y'all, welcome to Cross Politics on a uh, special Thursday live episode. What actually. are we doing here? It's uh, Thursday. I made us do more work. That's what ended up happening. Oh, yeah. That's usually what happens. Yeah. <laughs> so we got, we actually got a, 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 a good show. Kind of, this is kind of like our, our presidential election coverage a little bit. Oh, kind, really? of, kind of show. We got a bunch of people coming I in hope and not. out. It's the Canadian tyranny uh, coverage it's show. It's the Canadian tyranny. <laughs> that's, oh, right. okay. that's right. All right. Great. That's exactly right. But first, Make sure you guys sign up for our rally in South Dakota. It's like 20 days left. I had a uh, guy email us this morning saying he's going to buy two scholarships. So if you... What? Uh, yeah, yeah, he's going to buy two scholarships for people who want to make it to that conference who don't have the money to make it oh. uh, and pay for the registration. So To what you, conference? To our rally. Excuse me. I was going to thank yeah, you. Sorry. Oh, okay. To our rally in South Dakota. Oh. So we actually got two scholarships. And if and if there's more of you out there that actually that want to create scholarships for people to go to the conference, wow. please just email us. So just if people want to use the scholarship, they just email you? E- email, yeah, email me, waterboy at crosspolitik.com. But then we don't get to do like a little spinny thing that we do and like pick somebody from... And just give me a Good story okay, on why you financially need the help. A good story. <laughs> yeah. okay. Don't lie. Don't lie. But you know, tell me. Because I'm no. broke. Yeah. Because like that's it. If you, if I, would, just, I would come. If that's it, that's but it. But I can't afford it. Yeah. Uh, and so, two scholarships. The, the, the guy also said, um, uh, and I'm I'm going to take the rest of my stimulus check and send it to Grace Life Church. Oh. So he's taking <laughs> Biden's resident Biden's money and sending it to Grace Life wow. Life Church. Tell, tell him I approve with him sending my money there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, I thought that was great. That's awesome. All right. With us on the line right now, we are very grateful to have Arnold Viersen. Um He is an elect. He uh, was elected in 2015 as a conservative member of parliament. Uh, that's uh, So he's a... He's an MP is what they call them, right? Members of Parliament um, for yeah. Peace River Westlock. Uh, he's a member of uh, the official opposition. Is the deputy critic of rural affairs. Hmm. Um, he is um, a member of a standing committee on Indigenous and Northern Affairs. Also involved in caucuses for Indigenous Affairs, outdoor caucus, pro life caucus. He's an outdoor. He's an avid outdoorsman, hunting, uh-huh. fishing. Um, he is married. To Melissa, they have three kids, and uh, they enjoy snowmobiling, hiking, gardening, and uh, they're a member of their local church. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Arnold, on Cross Politic. Hey, uh, thank you for uh, having me. And it sounds like I'm going to have to update my uh, profile as I uh, my wife is now expecting her fifth child. Woo! So. Hey, hey, there hey, you go, sir. Hey, Arnold, y- y'all baptizing them babies? Oh, you betcha. Oh, well, well, <laughs> all right. That's that Dutch reform, isn't it? Point for that's Arnold. that Dutch yeah. reform. I'm a, I'm a wet baby kind of guy. Okay. Oh, hey, there we go. There we go. Does that mean you immerse him? It's, it's, no, no. Okay. It's cold up here. It's cold up here, man. You know, it's dangerous. Only have too, too much water. But, yeah, okay. though, it's, uh, that's usually my first question. You know, it's like, what's your name? Are you Catholic? Or yeah. if you're not Catholic? Are you a wet baby or dry baby? Oh, there you ah, go. Okay. There you go. We said we need to send yeah. a, one of our onesies with the baptized on it. Oh, there we go. Hey, okay. um, so Arnold. Let's uh, get into it. I don't know. Um, I, you're going to have to uh, educate us a little bit on how Canadian you know, sort of civics work. And so I don't know exactly what role you can play as an MP in Canada. But I know you're a representative of people um, in Alberta. And we are really particularly concerned about what's going on with Grace Life Church. Um, you've seen in the news the last couple of days um, the you know the double fencing around the church, um, uh, private property seized by the government. And so um, our question is: is what what are you going to do uh, to make sure that Grace Life Church gets their property back um, really quickly? Well, I uh, it, it's not my jurisdiction at all. I'm I'm the federal member of Parliament, so I'm right. Like, uh, 
like so in the United States you have states and then you have a federal government and so right. more federal federal government um, and then in Canada like the division of powers is way different as well it's just like the the provinces are are entities of the federal government uh, so there's and then they're responsible for some things like healthcare and education and then the federal government is responsible for other things like foreign affairs and border security okay. um, and so so uh, I don't get to talk at all about education ever, even though it's a thing that I care deeply about. Um, and in this particular case as well, all of this stuff is provincial jurisdiction. Okay. The health of the health healthcare is entirely provincial, and this is the healthcare AHS is the Alberta Healthcare uh, Provider. Okay. And they are they are the ones that set up the fence. Yeah. Um, so so yeah. So they're all the they're the thugs. They're the thugs, yeah. Um, it, it is unconscionable that in a free and democratic society, we are locking people out of churches and setting up fences around it. That, like, and that's uh, about uh, the extent of the things that I can do about it. Is I can say that I can use my public forum, my, yeah. public, my, my bully pulpit, to to make that case. Um, this is outrageous that we're putting up fences around churches. It's in fact, I guess, if we're going to bring it back to the federal level right um we, we have a criminal code offense which if you are barring a pastor from going to a worship service that is a federal that's a criminal offense in canada what um there's there's a cute little word in there that says unlawful however so if you unlawfully prevent somebody from going to the right to a ch- church to a worship service if you prevent the pastor from going to a worship service uh, that is uh, and if you do that unlawfully um, then you are uh, breaking the criminal code. So perhaps, um, I don't think we'll necessarily get there, but perhaps the AHS has broken a criminal code, has committed a criminal code offense, which is which would be interesting. So, but they, they held James Coast, the pastor of the church, they held him in, in jail for 35 days, right? I mean, so you're saying yeah. that's illegal. Um, well, no, because they... It's all it's all rather confusing. So he was he he broke the law originally. They find him. They they processed him, and through the processing of him, he signed a document that said that he would abide by uh, as as conditions of his release. So basically, his bail conditions. Um, he would abide by the health orders uh, until his court date, um, and he signed that document. And then he broke those conditions which is a criminal code offense. Um, and, and that, that's what he ended up in jail for, which is like his lawyers pointed out that the original offense that he was brought in on has no jail time, but then because he broke the conditions of his release, that carries, that's what he ended up in jail for. It's kind of like in the States, I see this more often. You have like the line to the FBI, right? And so the, the FBI comes and interrogates you over, uh, that basically just intimidate you and then you say something that's incorrect to the FBI and then they charge you with lying to the FBI, right? And then the, the underlying, the reason that you, the FBI showed up in the first place, that is all a mute point, but you get strung up on the charge of lying to the FBI. That's kind of the same thing that happened here is that he, okay. because he, he broke the, he broke his bail conditions is why he ended up in jail, which is tied to the fact that he was, breaking the health conditions, but it, 
they're two different conditions kind of thing, right? So that's right. That that's that's the reason he ended up in jail. But yeah, it's it's all so that's all kind of lost in the wash. So Arnold, um, you mentioned that kind of one of the things that you have available to use the bully pulpit. Um, what, have yeah. you like written a letter to the PM or or to the HAS? What what bully pulpit have you used in all this um, to? Um, rebuke the people involved. Yeah. So at, at this point, um, I have not, um, uh, up until the fence went up, I haven't really spoken out against it at all. Um, because the it's, he's not being prevented from preaching essentially. Um, and there's like massive discussions about, um, what is the gathering of God's people and all this kind of stuff. Right. And, uh, and and he, like there's no doubt that he's been um, he's being probably made an example of because there's many churches all around like the, I don't know if you've seen the video of the the church in Calgary where the pastor yeah. like told told the told the police and the health agencies to get out of the church right. until they came back with a warrant and things like that so it's like, this isn't an isolated like it's an isolated case in the fact that AHS Alberta Health Services is really focused in on them. They're also, they also happen to be right next door to our capital city here. Right. So, right. Um, they're, they're all, like, they're on the edge of the city limits. They're easy to get to like the community communities in my area. Um, many of the, many of the churches and restaurants are ignoring the health, but they're far away and it's difficult to get to and the media can't show up and all that kind of stuff. So it, they that that's a reality that comes with it. So, so I guess I'm, um, I'm, I'm having a little problem. We talked about this a little bit yesterday, but I'm having a little problem on why you haven't spoken up um, yet. You know, it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, first they come for the, you know, the, the crazy guys. Then they come for the, the, the guys that aren't so crazy. Then they start coming from the normal people and then they come for the, you know, the MPs. Yeah. Right. Like if you don't speak up over here, well, they're going to eventually come and get you no matter what. Yeah. And I, that's that's uh, a fair question. Um, it, it comes down to so all of these things. There's basically like I see three issues that get kind of conflated. Um, there's the big question of is COVID a pandemic that requires this level of uh, lockdowns essentially? Mm-hmm. Then there is is this persecution um, of the church in particular, uh, and then is it uh, what is what is the gathering of God's people in a place? What what is worship essentially, right? And those three things get conflated, and and Pastor Coates conflates them himself, right? And that's that's the challenge. Like uh, that's the challenge with all of all of these things. And so the fence going up around the church is a disaster. Like it, it's unconscionable. That that is a big problem. Um, up until that point, however. Uh, all of the rest of it is kind of the debate that we're having here in Canada and probably around the world and in your jurisdiction. Now, the, what the, the situation that I'm faced with is that the current premier, Mr. Kenny, Jason Kenny, is a guy that I know very well and I served with him. He was a member of parliament before he was the premier. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked very hard to get him elected. I sent... 40, I worked with my own home church community. We sent 40 Christian homeschooled kids down to the PC convention 
to elect his slate of delegates that helped to get him to be the uh, become the premier. Mm-hmm. And the, the challenge is, is that like I know the guy very well. I know where he stands. He's he's solid, solid, faithful man. Um, and and yet he's doing these things, mm-hmm. right? He he's in charge of all of this now. AHS is a is a political actor. There's no doubt about it. Fifty percent of our provincial budget goes to AHS. Oh right? This gosh. is what happens when you when you have when you nationalize when you nationalize healthcare. Mm-hmm. Um, it becomes fifty percent of your national budget. Wow. Provincial budget. Wow. Provincial budget. And so, and he's coming in on a balance of the budget platform. He's going to fix the Alberta economy and all this kind of stuff. And so AHS is a large political actor, and it's and it's in their interest to make life miserable for the premier who wants to cut their funding, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so we have that going on. Then we have the reality that I don't know what the polling is in Idaho, but the public opinion polling. In, in Canada, it seems like 68% of the, gov- the, the population is happy with what the government is doing and want more. Mm-hmm. We would happily have, are, are demanding more lockdowns. Then we have the official opposition, the former premier of, of Alberta, calling every day for Grace Life to be shut down. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and so all of, that, all of that comes into play. And so basically... Um, uh, Gabe, you ran for commissioner. I don't know what that position is like, but it'd be like if your entire church community came along and got Gabe elected as county commissioner, and then Gabe was now the one enforcing the COVID lockdown stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody be like, ah, we know Gabe. Like this is unlike him. He must know something. He must know something that we don't know, right? Because. Mm-hmm. Like we worked really hard to get him there, and now suddenly he's doing this, which is extremely out of character, mm-hmm. and and so that that's the reality now. So, I full like 100%. We've been the the fences have got to come down. It's AHS, which is a political actor against the premier, and the the big challenge that we have is is that now the Christian community, which is just poking their head up, which I'm happy about because I've been trying to get the, the Christian, the Canadian church, big, small C church or big C church, however you want to want to call that. Um, like not the denomination, particular denomination, but the Christians in Canada mm-hmm. right. engage, engaged in politics. Right. And, and this is now we have half of the church running against Jason Kenny for this. And it's like, guys, who else do we got? We haven't, well, we haven't I, I mean, I wouldn't vote for a premier who's going to, you know, allow for a fence to be erected around my my church. I mean, property stolen. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, yeah, like, yeah. that's not a trustworthy premier, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see what his reaction is. This fence went up yesterday, so. Well, it's been, it's been <laughs> slow. Well, what would you encourage him to do? <laughs> what would? Well, I would encourage him to talk to his health minister and say, "Get that fence back down." This is like a fundamental. Uh, freedom violation, like our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, num- number one is the freedom of worship, mm-hmm. right? And that's the... Uh, so it seems like it should be easy for you to use the bully pulpit then and speak out. Like if, if we, we, you we, can point we're live to, right now, if you I want am. to go ahead here and I just am. take a tire. He's here, he's here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. here. <laughs> no, but I'm like, write a letter to, to James Kenney, write a letter to AHS, like put a, yeah. sta- a video statement out. I mean, just throw a dog a bone, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, well... 
I the on the fence on the fence piece, I'm there's I'm unequivocal. The fence has got to come down. There's no yeah. doubt about that. So, then, so are, do uh-huh. you think do you think that James Coates should have been arrested as well? No, not at all. Okay, but but the point the point is, is that on the James Coates piece is that like James Coates got arrested because he signed a document that said he wouldn't do things, and then he did those things, and then he got arrested for that. That like that's the reality. Like many people have gotten tickets. Many people, restaurant owners, lots of people have gotten tickets and not gotten arrested. Well, I mean, if, if Gestapo's came to my door and told me to sign something, I would sign it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to sure. get him off my back, I'll sign it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I, I stayed in the hotel last night, and they say, initial here, initial here, initial here, and sign here. Yeah. And I initial there, initial there, initial there, and sign there. Yeah, that's right. right. Like, but, and so, so, so then you don't. I, I, just assume, I just assume that, like, those are all the, the same things. Like I parked my car in the right place. I yeah. d- don't have any pets and I'm not going to smoke. Right. Like the same as every other. <laughs> right. um, yeah. But I mean, like you, you're, I, I, I might be able to get it, but like, uh, so I, don't, I, I can understand that he, he probably signed that, but that, that's, that's the reality. So I, I guess so my question my is, analogy. I guess my question yeah. is a little broader though. I, I guess my question is you don't think that these are just laws. No, okay. not, not at all, not at right. all. But the but the point is like tactically, right? And and like typically, I t- ri- normally you don't talk tactics, you don't talk strategy, you do strategy, you talk policy. But tactically, if Gabe is if Gabe's now the county commissioner and he's enforcing this, right? And we've worked hard to groom Gabe to be the the county commissioner. They should do a recall and, on me. Just so you know, like, yeah, yeah, maybe all, all of these things, but we don't, we don't like, we don't have what, what the, the option is, if, which I think like the premier should make sure that fence comes down, right? The premier should give an exemption for religious con like conscience, like the same as like we do in the military. If you're a conscientious objector, you don't got to serve, right? We can we can do some of these things. He's not doing them. So, uh, so Arnold, am I frustrated? If I'm frustrated with that, 100, percent I'm yeah. frustrated with that. Yeah. The, the challenge is, is that we're Mr. Coates is like bringing this to a head, defy, like making Jason Kenny out to be an ogre. That he's that like, I'm, there's no doubt. I'm frustrated with what Jason Kenny is doing, but the 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 longer term impacts of this are. We are likely to get the gal that calls for Grace Church to be shut down every day, the premier of this province. Yeah. So I want to go back to the, you you mentioned there's three different questions that sort of get conflated, and I appreciated that distinction. So start with the first one. Um, Is COVID a real, is this a pandemic? Well, COVID's a real thing. Yeah, but but is it a pandemic? Is it something worth shutting the country down over? Okay, well, this... (laughs) So this brings us back to 2009. So 2009, uh, we had like SARS epidemic long before I was elected. Right. Uh, I think it was SARS or something like that. We actually like scrapped our pandemic definition after that. And so we don't even, in Alberta, wow. we don't even have, we don't even have a definition of wow. pandemic. So you were right? set up. <laughs> oh, essentially, like, so in 2014, wow. we came out with this entire like, pandemic response like so this is this is all kind of the the milieu that we live in is that after 2009 i don't remember if it was sars or h1n1 or or one of these you had to react to that 
And so we set up this whole task force to, to relook at it. Uh, at this point, we no longer have a clear definition of a pandemic, right? Uh, we have the word pandemic and a pandemic response action, which places a whole bunch of power in the hands of right. in the hands of the the chief public health officer. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's like that's the challenge. Like I, I watched it. I, I watched with with a lot of. Um, I, I, I enjoyed watching what uh, what was going on in Moscow, but but you had the law on your side. You were able. You were able to change. Define that. So, well, the cops didn't think I did until I (laughs) sued their ass. But until you are, until you argue your case. But so so legally, legally, you have your hands tied. But I guess I mean. So then you have to. If um, if there's no definition, then what you're left with, you're left with like. But this is God's world, and what's the truth? Like, what are the facts on the ground? And you're a representative of your people. Um, is, yeah, is, yeah. is this a pandemic worth shutting businesses down and churches down over? Yeah, that's, that's an ongoing discussion, right? There is, there is a, um, where, where I live, nobody would think that, right? We're all operating as it's not a pandemic. Uh, the closer you get to a city center, the more they think it's a pandemic. Right. That's that's the reality. Of I don't it. care what they think, um, but I, I want to know what you yeah. think. Yeah, but I guess yeah. That's my my question though is just sort of facts. Like, so I understand yeah. polling and I understand opinions, and yeah, I yeah. I also understand that we're finite creatures and we're doing the best with the information we got. Yeah, yeah. But like in terms of your opinion, in terms of you know your stuff, I mean, we we're over a year into this um, mess. Yeah. It, yeah, yeah. Is this a pandemic worth shutting um, businesses and limiting people's um, freedom over? No, uh, like the the limiting of freedom is not worth it, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but the uh, we are where we are, right? Sure, but so then, so then, if you get that, you set that stage, you say, okay, so yeah. it's not a pandemic as traditionally defined, as you know, the last yeah. six thousand years of human history would have defined it. It's not one of those. Um, it, it's mm-hmm. not the bubonic plague. Right, people are not. No. It, we're not piling bodies up all over the place, and statistically, it's you know over a ninety nine percent survival rate using their statistics, which I don't even trust. Um, yeah. But even using their statistics, it's, okay, it's not that bad. Then you have them um, limiting worship gatherings and mm-hmm. saying you can only have was it fifteen percent in now Alberta right now? Yeah, fifteen um, percent. Yeah. Um, is that is that righteous? Is that a righteous decree? Uh, to limit to limit the uh, worship services, right? Yeah, is that a righteous that decree? Righteous, yeah. Um, no, like I don't think the government should get involved in in religious service at all, right? Okay. Uh, I I would I would point out though, like so I can I can hold to that, but I I can also hold to the fact that the like in Alberta we are. Uh, all major public gatherings are shut down. Like uh, sports arena, there's nobody in a sports arena. There is, and I, I hate to do this because I don't want to conflate worship service with a, a venue where you go to be entertained or, right. go, or going to Costco. But go ahead and do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all, all of all of those things, right? Yeah. But the, the 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 reality is, is like in comparison to every other jurisdiction in Canada. Alberta is the freest because we have the most freest minded premier who 
seems to be getting pressure from somewhere that I'm not aware of, right? Going back to the the whole the whole point about um, if Gabe was the commissioner, right, right, right. I got you. Like like if if you're in the next province over British Columbia where they have the socialists in power, yeah. you are just not worshiping. There there is no right. You're allowed you're allowed your sound tech and your minister in the building to do the live stream. Right. My my family that lives there haven't been to a church building in over a year. Yeah. That like like that's that's the reality that we live in. It's, it's But tactically, I mean so but here's the thing, like what, what I hear you saying, like I, I understand what you're saying and I get I get that. But it also seems to me that um it is precisely um because of what you're saying that you're in the position you're in. Right. We're, we, you know, I, I understand. Okay, this is reality on the ground. We are relatively yeah. more free. I mean, I appreciate all that. I get it. I mean, I, yeah, and I'm yeah. not saying it's easy, but it seems also like when, when you sort, you're, you're sort of entirely on the defensive in that, that stance. And you're saying, like, I'm just trying to get, you know, we, okay. 15%. Well, no, I guess, but if you want, yeah, if you so want if freedom, it, if you want freedom, you have to be on yeah. the offensive and you have to be setting fires yeah. for them to put out. You need to be telling them yeah, yeah. that they are in the sure. wrong. They're acting sure. like tyrants and Go Nazis. Go open up your church. And, and you need to get British Columbia churches to open their churches. 100%. 100%. You know? Now, no, so in British Columbia, we have churches that I'm affiliated with have taken the government to court saying that this is unconstitutional what is happening, right? And we've lost that battle in the courts. Yeah. Right? So, so uh, that's, we're appealing that process. We're in appeals right now, that, and that's the way that, that we're going. Um, it is, the, is and Coates, Coates has got his May 3rd court hearing where we will get a public airing of where are the, what what is the, Give us the data. Show us the data. Show it, like prove to us that this is a pandemic, and prove to us that churches are going to be are, are the problem and need to be shut Arnold, down. Arnold, Arnold, it's kind of interrupt just real quick yeah. here. You know, I had when um, when I got arrested, yeah. I remember one of the deputies uh, telling me. He said, "Well, I'm glad you you can take this to court now." Mm-hmm. And and I um, responded to him and said. Well, th- there were layers and layers of people who could have prevented my arrest from happening, mm-hmm. including the deputies themselves, right? including mm-hmm. the cops themselves. I met with them. Yeah. I had lunch with them. Yeah. I went to their offices A- after, for months. After the well, release. No, this is before. Oh, this is before. Before, before I got arrested, yeah, yeah. I was pleading with them, Yeah, telling them to stop. Do not enforce the mayor's um, unconstitutional order. Do not enforce mm-hmm. it. And we talked. I talked through it with them. And and then and then I got arrested. I was singing psalms, and yeah. and and then afterwards, one of the deputies told me, "Hey, I'm glad you now can take this to court, and we can see how legitimate this order is." Yeah. And I was like, "Or you, as a deputy, could have not, you know, booked me in your county jail, or mm-hmm. you, as a police officer, could have stood in front of me, in front of the mayor, and said, Mayor, I'm not arresting these people. This is your order's wrong, yeah. and you're out of line.' Yeah. And that's that's where I feel like you yeah. are." A little bit in this situation, sort of, where you're kind of you're kind of that that cop who can stand in front of the unconstitutional or the the unlawful laws and and be that person instead of just sitting there and say, well, we're trying to go through the pills process in British Columbia. We're trying to you know now James can go through the pills yeah. process and do you, you understand what I'm saying there? Oh uh, yeah, sure. Like um, it, it's it's it. it it 
looks more exciting from my perspective as well to like stand on the picket line essentially right mm -hmm. like that there, there is there's something of like fight laugh feast i see that in the corner of the screen here like uh like the fight of it i, li I like the fight of it um mm -hmm. it just like my my point is is like I'm I'm happy to fight if we're going to achieve an end. Um, I, I, I don't right. That's the point. Ever read I, Hebrews? I don't, sure. What's that? <laughs> Ever read Hebrews? Uh, some have victory and some die in battle, but the end is always the truth. Standing on the truth and standing on what God has said to do. I, I guess as yeah. I'm listening as I'm listening to you a little yeah. bit, Arnold, I'm kind of so, feeling like. Hey, but, so, so, so go ahead. Yeah. Go go ahead. All right. So. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm One of go. you guys go. All right. I'm tired <laughs> of this. I'm listening. As I'm, I'm listening sorry. To no, I'm sorry. Canadian, I'm sorry. I'm Canadian sorry. Standoff right here. <laughs> as I'm listening to this, though, Canadian I, I feel like I feel like if you were giving advice to Shadrach, Meshach and a bad Negro, um, I feel like yeah. you would say something like, hey, guys, you have it better than a whole lot of other people in Israel. In Babylon. In, in, in Babylon. You're eating the king's food. Go ahead. Just eat the food, and, and, and we'll figure out the strategy later. Versus yeah, yeah. saying. Go on and stand your ground. Even if it takes the fiery furnace or the lion's den. Yeah. You know? Okay. But so, sure. All of that's correct. Okay. Um, the, the, on the COVID, is it a pandemic? No. Well, in Alberta, it's, it is, right? Because we've deemed it to be a pandemic, right? We The government is then mandating that the 15% of the fire code is the thing then is it is the freedom of worship being impeded that's that's the other big question right that 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 and that question i throw back to you guys like what's the the freedom of worship the in my in my church situation in 2015 we chopped our church in half because we were failing to meet the fire code we we were 600 people in a in a 500 church 500 capacity church building right and so we made the decision back then to institute a second church we chopped our church in half mm -hmm. and now now we worship as two separate churches um of about 300 people each right and we chopped it in half and then when covid came along the kind of the precedent had been set is like well when the fire code says that we can't meet we chop the church in half and so when COVID came along, we just chopped the church in half again, and now we, now we meet with 150 people on Sunday, uh, Sunday morning, right? And that's like, so what is the freedom of worship? We we still gather together as the as the body of Christ of a particular place. It just happens to be a smaller body of Christ in a particular place, right? Well, but that, but isn't but isn't the isn't the prerogative to decide that? It with the elders of the church, right? Um, yeah. So, so I, hundred percent, I agree, and that's I grant. So then, my, that's, you know, what Bible versus fire code? Well, and, and I don't, and, and I don't even mind saying like there can be like some no, consider yeah, there can be some consideration of, course, of, of safety and health. Obviously, there can be some consideration yeah. of that, but like you know, um, that was that's, that shouldn't be the deciding factor. Um, it's not the only factor because you 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 might there might be situations where you're, you're over a hundred, but for the spiritual health of the people it would not be healthy it would not be helpful to break it in half i can see it yeah. working sometimes that way sometimes yeah. not because maybe so, you don't so have enough elders you don't have enough deacons yeah. the spiritual but health of the, the church but matters the free, but that's the freedom of conscience piece right right and, and that's the that's a big challenge about it so so this is where i said to gabe i said i'm i'm going to make everybody mad in every direction with this interview because i can think that i can think that 
uh, Grace Life is is taking on a premier who's being stupid by being stupid, right? That that that's like. The, the why is it stu- why is it stupid to meet for worship using your freedom of conscience that yeah, you said so they should like, just no, have? No, why is that stupid? Well, it it's not look, it, the point being it's not stupid's probably the wrong word. The, the the point being is is that the premier is violating their freedom of conscience, right? But right. the premier the premier is our all, it, like it's also so that's like that's why all of this gets conflated all the time, right? So on one hand, it's my freedom to worship is is important, and and the the freedom of conscience of Mister Coates to gather his entire congregation together that that's important to me, right? That 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 the freedom of worship that's important to me, but it also is important to me that we have a, a, a semblance of Christian governance in this country. And we are working to achieve that. And we've got a, a major casualty in all of that right now going on. Right. And that, right. And, and you're going to have to forgive me for that in the fact that like, I'm a politician, I think in pol- political ways, all of this kind of stuff, I'm trying to, trying to work to, to bring Christian principles to bear in, in the government world. Yeah. Right? And, and Arnold, I, I get that. I think, I mean, I, I, I Even don't, appreciate it um, and I, and I appreciate yeah. you. I, I feel yeah. like you're a, a guy that I could learn to trust. I, I just, I just from the outset, I don't trust any politician until they, they win my trust or, or prove their trust. Yeah. In me. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but, I, I see all that, but I also, the so part of the, part of the vibe, hang on, hang on, let me finish. Part yeah. of the vibe that I'm also getting is, well, I, I almost think that you might do the same thing James Kinney is doing right now if you became Jason, premier. Jason, Excuse Jason, me, Jason. Jason. There's too many Jameses and <laughs> James and Jason. Yeah, uh, Arnold, that Jason, Arnold and, Arnold and Andrew. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so and whatever Jason Bob is doing right now is a premier. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I get. I'm also kind of getting the vibe that you would just also do what Jason Kinney's doing. I mean, the, at least the way you're arguing could set you up. Like for yeah, not standing 100%. up. That's that's my big worry, guys. That's my big worry, right? That like because I know Jason per- Jason as a person, who he is, his values align with mine. He is doing this for a reason, right? What is the reason? He the, he is the premier of the province. He know he he has more briefings. He knows more than I I know. Right? I work extremely hard to get this guy, and he'll have a greater at. judgment for sure. Right, like the the that's my whole point is that like we put Gabe in this position and Gabe is making these decisions and I know that Gabe's an upstanding man and has and has worked hard to get to where he's at and he's making these decisions and I don't understand them, right? And I don't understand them and and that's the that like you you're gonna say oh well, it's a tactical issue well like we just gotta stand for what's right all of those things are true all of those things are true and and I don't understand what's going on. With Jason in Jason's head right now, right? I, but I what I'm challenging you, Arnold, is is the way you're yeah. arguing is that you could end up in the same doing the same thing. Well, I think Arnold's saying he, he's admitting that. He's I admitting, think Ar- yeah. Arnold is I, saying he might. That game. Yeah. I'm admitting that game. That's my whole point. My whole point is that <laughs> I am Gabe. Gabe, you lost I me am. now, man. You lost me now, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, like the the point is is that like point. I'm going to put you in Jason Kenny's, right? I don't know Gabe really well. I've, I've just, I've kind of peripheral through the internet. Yeah. Got to know you, I guess. Mm-hmm. My, my point is, is that 
Gabe is currently the premier of Alberta, not Jason Kenney, Gabe is. And Gabe is doing this stuff, right? You're the guy doing this. And I know everything about, he's a Texan, he's a freedom-loving, gun-toting, all of this kind of stuff guy. And he's doing this, right? And and after a year, after a year of doing that, you have to start saying, no, we will not obey. We will not do it. It's wrong. It's evil. It's wicked. I mean, you, you can't just let it keep rolling. Even if you knew him, even if you knew his marriage, even like, yeah, you, you would yeah, do, yeah. you would do everything you can to reach out to him. Hey, hey brother, yeah. I know you, I helped you get elected. Help me understand. What are you doing? Yeah. Um, people I, are not, I'm are, doing that all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> but you're, if you're not getting answers at some point, even the, your most trusted friends, I mean, I mean, Jesus yeah. said, I mean, in his, one of his most extreme statements said, if you do not hate your father and mother, your sister, yeah. your daughter, your son, your wife, your husband, then you're not worthy to be my disciple. Yeah. Now, I, what, I, what I think he meant by that is your loyalty to me and the truth is going to sometimes look like you're stabbing the closest people to you in the back if you're, if yeah. you're faithful to Jesus. And at some point when they're, arre- when they're putting fences around churches, when they're arresting pastors yeah, it, on stupid hey, the, technicalities, the, I mean. The, fen- the fences around the church is, is a terror, like that, that can't happen in a, in a free and democratic society. Sure. That, I appreciate that's, that. That, that. That's fine. The. The arresting of the pastor. On a uh, technicality. Yeah, sure. Right? Like, 100%. It's a technicality. It's, it's dumb. I, and, and, and making it, trying, if you're gonna and trying me, to shame, if you're gonna ask me, trying to shame gonna, Canadians, trying to keep them home, trying to keep them in their yeah, place, trying to make them be afraid. Pick, pick a side between the premier and the pastor. I'll pick the side of the pastor for sure. But the, the, the point is, is that, we we didn't end up here in a vacuum. Sure, right. And I, I guess you could make the argument uh, that if it wasn't Mr. Coates, it would be somebody else, and that's a possibility, right? Sure. Um, but the the reality is is that there was many other it, the BC um, the BC example is is an example that. There was many other churches that were extremely frustrated with all of this and were were abiding by the fifteen percent while also taking the the government to court on it. Yeah, which right. which maybe is an, right. another tactic. But I guess the thing that I want to say, like, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I'm not going to like throw shade on that necessarily. If that's one, if yeah. that's one play that one church wants to make, okay, fine, do that. If that's maybe yeah. they've got good lawyers, whatever. It's they their get, way of pushing back their but, gifts, yeah. whatever. But I guess my point that I want to push yeah. back on you on the tactical side of things is would be a question of do mm-hmm. you think do you think that James Coates helped his case by serving 35 days in jail? Helped his case. Yeah. Help, help the case of Christians in Canada. Did he make forward progress for Christian liberty? The answer is yes. This is like nailing jello to a wall. I mean, no, but seriously, yeah, yeah. but seriously, Arnold, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, this is, goes back to the Hebrews 11 yeah. thing that, that David was talking about a minute ago. In Hebrews, people win. The they win yeah. sometimes by winning, but sometimes they win by what looks like losing if it's obedience to Christ, if it's faithfulness right. to Christ. And, I, and, sure. I, and what I want to say is, but, I wouldn't I know just, about I wouldn't know about your situation in Canada if James Coates hadn't been faithful to spend 35 days away from his family and his church. Mm. I, and, and there's yeah. people, thousands of Christians around the world who wouldn't know where this thing was headed. It's right. If James Coates hadn't been a man of God and gone to jail for 35 days, I'm saying this yeah. is not this is not even maybe. 
This is like a slam dunk um, where he was standing up for Christ and and drawing attention to the situation. Without any equivocation. This is absolutely a victory for Christian liberty in Canada. And if you don't see that, that, that's the the concern. It's like you need to see that as victory. it's 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 not a victory. It's not a victory. There we go. Okay. We've got a we've got a uh, we've got a fence up around a church building right now. Right, we've got them right where we want them yeah. now. Yeah, because now they're showing their true colors. This is who they were the whole time. Yeah, they're thugs. Yeah, yeah. You said yeah, they're but, thugs. Okay. Yeah, sure, but like now, now the point is, like, who's wearing this? Mm. Who's wearing this? Jason Kenny or AHS? Jason Kenny is wearing this. Great. I mean, as he, he should. And, as he and, should. And it's a moment. It's a moment where he can shine. It is. It's an opportunity for him. I mean, if if sure. if he's got up that Christian backbone, um, even with all the complexities and the political challenges, which which, which whoa, 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 it, it, even if he's got all those challenges, I mean, this is a moment yeah. for him. It's opportunity for him where he comes out strong and he says, "This is wrong. This is wicked. Knock it off, AHS." And then it, and yeah. then he wears that. He wears that glory. Hundred percent. See what happens. Uh, so, uh, t- tell me something. So, see, this is like it's like. Really, we, hey, we also need to uh, wrap it up here in, in a couple oh, minutes. Yeah. We got James Coates yeah. is going to come on. So James, oh, Pastor we got James, James come Coates coming on. Right. Right. Yep. So, really and, quick, then, what do you yeah. think that James Coates should have done or should be doing right now? Right now, yeah. Right now, right now, we got to get that fence down. But what should what should James be doing? I don't know what he should be doing. Like we're here, we're here now, right? Mm. Like that, that's, that is the, the reality of it. Um, I, uh, I don't know if he's, I, I would like to know, and you should ask him, is he, has he ever met Jason Kenny? Has he ever bought a party membership? Those kinds of things, right? Like that, that, that to me is just like, um, yeah, he, he's running and who is, who is his, yeah. I, I guess is, is Jason is James Coates running for premier? I, I, would he consider it? Like those, those are kinds of the things I'd like to know, right? The because and who's who would be his options for, for like I think like a politician. Where, where's the math in this? Where who's the who's his option for premier? Who would he support for premier at this point? Do do you think? And I, I think I know what you're saying because I think you're saying we don't have yeah. any other options. But I guess part of the the flip of it though is is. Um, yeah. One of the ways that God frequently delivers his people is is yeah. by actually allowing the wicked um, to come to power. I'm not saying you do that um, just yeah, yeah. laying down. No, no, no. But I'm saying if faithfulness and obedience meant in the short term you get the crazy lady who hates Christianity and hates Jesus. Yeah. It, what what does she do? Well, she what she does what all the wicked people the, the, the wicked always overextend. The wicked dig pits, and the Christians sometimes suffer under that. And you do everything you can to resist it, yeah. but nevertheless, if you do um, get thrown in jail, the churches do get shut down or whatever in a more even heavy handed way. It would be better to do that by while being obedient to Jesus and doing everything you can to be faithful to Him, even if that means more people in jail for more time. Preach, preach out. Yeah, yeah. Um, it would be better to do that than to be compromising in a way that's faithless and having maybe short-term a little bit more freedom and flexibility. Don't, don't, don't you agree? Well, it, it, like, like the, premise, the premise of all of this is that we're being persecuted, right? Yeah. And that, and that um, I don't feel like I'm being persecuted. I still go to church every Sunday. That's because you have um, no you problem really doing anything. tyranny. Yeah, you, I mean, <laughs> you're happy to listen to the tyranny. 
I suppose, like, if you want to define it as tyranny, sure. Like the, the you don't. Point, the, the fence is up at the church, man. They yeah, took their property. What's not tyranny? That, that, that's tyranny, about right? That. That's tyranny. Bad, bad deal. Like the fence mm. is going to come down. I hundred percent, right? But the but the point is, is that I'm still free to worship on Sunday every Sunday. So long as you family. check, so long as you check all of the boxes. So long as you you bow at at the at the at the premier's shrine. So long as you put incense on that altar at all the places up the steps, then he says you can worship Jesus. Well, <laughs> if you want to define it as that, sure. Like, but, I, but isn't that you what know, you, this reminds me of a merger yeah, conversation? But isn't that what you're doing? I mean, he, he's saying like, here's your twenty steps. You can worship mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. Quote so, freely, so long as yeah, you sure. check this okay. box, check this box, check this box, check this box, um, yeah. and you're saying, I'm doing all those things, so I'm free. I feel like you would be a frog that would just boil. Like, yeah, you, 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 you're... <laughs> yeah. Like, guys, come on. Come on. No, I'm, I'm being... See, go ahead. No, no, it's like, this is the this is the three issues, right? Is it is it tyranny? Yes, there is tyranny with when the fence goes up around the church. That is tyranny. Mm-hmm. Is, it a pan, is it a pandemic? The, the problem there's a big problem and that's where we got a court case on may the 3rd which they're trying to move by the way but that's a whole nother story mm-hmm. we have a court case on may the 3rd to establish whether this is a COVID pandemic or not because we don't have a definition of a, of a pandemic right mm-hmm. like all of we we have these systems that we have to operate in right i i 100 this is like what is the solution guys right and that's and that's my question to mr coates as well or pastor coates what yeah. is the solution to this? Like, it, it, playing chicken with the premier is is a is a method. Will it offer the solution? But what, I, I know I, got, the solution is to worship Christ. That's what I was say. Wor- it, worship Jesus as Lord over the premier, Lord over Alberta, Lord over AHS. Hundred percent. And here's 100%. the deal: even if it was a pandemic and it was absolutely crazy, you still don't step on liberties in within this way. If there yeah. are people actually getting sick, yeah. what does the scripture yeah, require fences, of us? Don't put up fences around. It's churches, not just 100%. that, though. It's not just that. It's what also you don't limiting do, businesses and, and people's freedom. You don't quarantine the healthy. Yeah, never. If you don't quarantine the healthy. You're a Christian. You know this. It's in your yeah, Bible. Yeah. So you yeah. quarantine the people. And so I would say I would even be for a more stricter biblical form of quarantine for those that are sick. Who are actually diagnosed and so with I'm I want to be far plague. more healthier than the way that they're taking this. If you're sick, then you get quarantined. If you're not, enjoy your liberties. We don't take people's mm-hmm. liberties because mm-hmm. that person over there is sick. So even the system mm-hmm. that you're working through itself is tyrannical. Sure. <laughs> Do you hate that? And Jello to the wall <laughs> once you, again. But don't you hate that tyranny? Right. I, I do. Like the fact that there's a fence up around the church is a big problem. Not just the fence, Arnold. Sure. The, the so, limit, the 15%, what, the 15% what, limit what though system? is tyranny. That's that's or it's, it's a, or it's a COVID response, right? Like this but, is, but that's, that's, that's but that's, that's Knox's point. point. That's Knox's yeah. point. Is he saying biblically speaking, you're not allowed to quarantine the healthy? That's and if you when you sure. when you go against God's law, that's called tyranny. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, when, when, you when you lim go- when you limit people more than God's law limits people, then you are putting yeah. restraints on them. You're taking away freedom that God has given them, and yeah. thus claiming to be God. And that's tyranny. Yeah. And, and we're as Christians, we're to hate that tyranny. Yes. yes. You, you know, Arnold. I, I mean, 
I think that in print, well, not not in principle. I think you agree with us, um, but you have this. You're being pulled in a direction that I don't, I don't think is good, and I think that's you. We talked yesterday about like I understand. I have no problem using the political turf as a calculation as I'm making decisions. You have to. As I, you have to. You have to to some extent. Sure. But I, yeah. It comes off to me is that your political calculations are supreme over mm, principles. how your principles should be um, ruling. And that's why I think James uh, Jason Kinney is there is right. because his political calculations at some point became supreme in all this. There, there may be, you know, again, you have really strong principles, but then you have these calculations that are just edging out right. and in really crucial ways actually then suppressing the principles. And right. then, and then, I think I think your people uh, need you. They need right. you. They need That's you to right. hold the principle up first. And and leadership yeah. does this. You know, leadership sometimes says sixty eight percent agree with the lockdowns, but they're wrong. Yes, right. They're wrong. Uh, and more they, than people thought that slavery was great. I mean, remember Jesus didn't have that much support. Mo, but Moses shows up in Israel, and the Israelites don't want to leave Egypt. Yep. You know, sixty eight percent of the Israelites said the leeks here are great. The the, the dinner menu is great here in Egypt. We have uh, you know a great social security program here in Egypt. Right. And Moses said, "No, you gotta go. We gotta go." And leadership's hard, but it, you, it means the principle comes first, and and the other considerations have to come after that. Mm-hmm. Why are you covering up his face? Any, Gabe? Any, well, because I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> don't do that, Gabe. Any, any, any Arnold? Any give him the like last closing, word. Yeah, give the me the last, last word. Get the last yeah. word. Well, I, like Move that, again, guys. I'm gonna go back to there's the three the three things like like covid tyranny freedom of worship um and those things all get conflated together and i think that we need to we need to make decisions in light of those three things and you're falling down hard on the freedom of worship piece which which i i guess given given where no given the fact that given that we were able to chop our church in half over a fire code in 2015, um, and there was no discussions about freedom of worship and the government regulating us at that point, um, chopping the church in half again over COVID restrictions. But um, there's a difference between the freedom to do that and being required to do that. You did it freely. Yeah, and, and, and sure, and and that's the that's why. Like, I think that Mr. Coach should have the freedom of his conscience to do this, and there should be an exemption given to him if that's what we need to do or i actually think we should just change the law around it like in a, in a previous generation a police officer would never have gone into a church building like that that was but that's a whole nother discussion right like yeah. how, how did we get to how did we get to that so well with hey, leadership like yours well uh, we'll, we'll be so. hey thanks for coming on no man arnold <laughs> we appreciate you sparring with us and um and really again i'm Really appreciate the fact that you're you're trying to bring Christian principles to government there. Yeah, amen. Hey, we're, amen. we'll be praying for you. Amen. Praying for courage. Praying for joy. God bless you. Thanks for thanks for coming and joining us in Cross Politic. Yeah, thanks, Arnold. Pre- appreciate the opportunity, guys. All Have right, a great one. Thank if, you. If you're live streaming right now, I see there's 256 people on YouTube and a couple hundred over there on Facebook. Share the show. 
let everybody know I think we have Pastor James Coates coming on yep. in this next segment mm-hmm. so you guys don't want to miss that um, very thankful for Aaron Arnold 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 Aaron um, Andrew you know <laughs> Arnold it's Arnold it's Arnold it's Arnold Vierson. Um, um yeah that was, I mean it's I mean here's the thing too I mean it is hard to be a leader it is hard to be a leader it's hard to be in politics mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. politics is a monster I get it po- and and but that's what hey, you know what though I'm sorry I'm not going to give those excuses and he but he that's what you chose to do he needs to do better that's what you chose to do no. if a man has a child out and and yeah. he had that child yeah. his responsibility is to take care of that child for real. and to be a man you, man you don't get there. no excuses you man up it was hard I didn't know what I was doing I didn't right. know Mary was gonna, shut up yeah that's what you chose to do for real if you're in a position of leadership. That's what you chose to do. So yeah. act like a leader. Yeah. Stop compromising. I want to see people way more yeah. like Doug Tenaple, who are principled and who are going to stand on the principles and, and say, come and get me. Right. On the principle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, come and take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and and, I, I was and, making a spin and, off and of that. And we got shirts. Yeah. But this is, this is. Come and take I, it. I felt like we were. Carpe th- fide. That whole thing reminded me of the emergent movement when. The whole emergent movement was coming in. It was brand new at the time, and they were having debates about stuff. Yeah. There was this granted, no, I'm with you, I understand you, yeah. and I'm just trying to merge this whole thing together and, and, and operate. It, again, it lets tactics edge out principles. It, exactly. And, Friend, it, and, and I would even put it stronger than that. It's putting friendships mm-hmm. ahead of uh, a principle. It, <laughs> it's putting constituency ahead of principle. It's putting these relationships ahead of principle. He's got this friend, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jason, is it Jason Kenny? Yeah, Jason. Uh, he's, not know, Bob. Not Bob, not Fred. Um, you know, friends with him and, you know, helped him get elected. And uh, and so, you know, now we want to – he doesn't want to burn that bridge. I get it. And and now there's fences up around uh, a church. Well, but even before that, yeah. Coach oh. was arrested. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, you're right. You're what are you right. doing? Hey, we don't get a chance to limit the free, the free act of healthy people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and this is uh, one of the things that we've been talking about, you know, this whole past year. Um, the question of, you know, how did we get here needs to be answered. Right. He, he he brought it up. He's right. He said, well, this has been going on, you know. Yeah, we've been compromising for a for, while. For 30 years. That's not reason to be okay with it. Right, right. <laughs> and, at, and at some point, you have to wake up and start pushing back. Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. that's and, – and it's going to be clunky. Yeah. Right? The pushback is sure. going to start, and it's going to be clunky. Right. But I, I, like, I like my way of fighting better than your way of not fighting. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So, okay, guys. Hey, we got we got uh, keep sharing the show. Keep tuning in. We got Pastor James Coates coming in soon. We got his lawyer James Kitchen coming in soon. Right now, we have Pastor Tim, Pastor Tim, Pastor Aaron Rock, From- Pastor Tim Stevenson, Pastor Aaron Rock, and Pastor Nate Wright. I love just being surrounded by pastors. You got to you know introduce everybody. But so these are know these are Canadian are. pastors. Yes, yeah. Can, Canadian. Don't you know people? That, who are do in they the- do that, or is that just a Minnesota thing? I'm really I'm really sorry. Yeah, I'm really sorry for. <laughs> For Gabe. Did I do that right? It's the long O's. Who, uh, who's pa- this, this is Pastor Tim? Tim. This is Pastor Tim. Pastor Tim, I want to bring you into this. Um, you're uh, pastoring you a church. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to monitor. Kill the thing. Because uh, you're not doing that. Because James is going to come in. Can we get somebody else to do this? Too. this okay. is, it's off okay. the side. Are you trying to monitor? All right. Yeah. Don't cover his face. Um, and uh, Pastor Tim, you're in Calgary. So you're, yes. Um, what, uh, three, four hours away from Edmonton? Yeah, about three hours south. Okay. Okay. That's a great guess. Um. And uh, your lead pastor uh, uh, in in Calgary, Fair, first, Fairview Baptist Church. That's right, Fairview Baptist. Um, first, tell us maybe just a little bit on what. How are you guys doing in Calgary? Um, is your church going through some of the same um, 
process that Coach Church is going oh, no, through. No, we, we call it tyranny. Yeah, it's tyranny. tyranny. Are, are you being process? Uh, I said process. I'm sorry. It's tyranny. Uh, are you being persecuted yeah. like James Coates? Yeah, we're we're in a similar boat. Um, although James is getting a lot more a lot more press. He he's obviously in Edmonton. That's our provincial capital. Right. Um, but we're we received a whole pile of fines. We've received same kind of orders from uh, Alberta Health Services. <laughs> And so we're in a similar similar spot, but they haven't sent me to jail yet, although I was ready for that, and they haven't locked up our church yet, although we're wow. preparing for that too. Okay. Did, wow. uh, when we were, we were just on the line with um, Arnold Viersen, uh, one of the MPs there from uh, Alberta, and uh, I don't know if you caught any of that, but one of the things that uh, he mentioned to us was he, he's, he was trying to make a little bit of a distinction saying that Coates was technically arrested because he signed an agreement like a release agreement that he then violated is that is is that your understanding and or and have you been required to uh sign anything that they could hold against you no it's my understanding that james never signed anything they presented him with you know they're, they're trying to threaten him with arrest right and wanting him to agree to to not meet um i've, I've had i've had law enforcement come and talk to me and, and they said tim all, all we want you to do is to comply and whether that's going to be fines whether that's going to be threats of arrest whether that's going to be putting walls around your church we just want you guys to, to listen and to comply and so they're gonna they're gonna threaten whatever they can in order to get that that level of obedience that they're looking for, right? And uh, and in James' case, you know, they didn't expect, I don't think, uh, someone to be principled and to be wanting to honor Christ above all things and willing to go to jail for that. Uh, real mm. quick, the, the, you got a couple. Somebody is enjoying the it's, show back it's an there. The, echo, the, yeah, echo coming from your side. So you turn your volume down just a little bit for me, would be great. Um, I was so why why not just comply? I don't. Did you get a chance to hear um, Arnold at all? No. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, there doesn't seem to be a principled man in in the political position right now that's willing to fight for you guys. Um, if you had a chance to talk to your MP, how what would you tell him? Yeah, I've I've written a number of letters. I, I've tried to appeal to them in just in, in in broad terms because knowing that not all of them are Christians may not share our point of view, but the whole idea of giving freedom and and responsibility. Uh, to, to people that recognize that those two things come together. So right now only a few people are, are essentially making orders that are, that are um, you know, tell, telling people like four and a half million people in our province, you know, what you can do in your home, at church and such. And so it's appealing to them to, to along with freedom comes that responsibility. I think they need to understand that. And, and, and I think politicians and, and doctors and people who are making these decisions they don't they don't know the people that we know in our churches as, as we minister to people who are uh, perhaps in, in a lower uh, level of our society who are so hurt by these lockdowns and so they're just out of touch with where people are at so i would just appeal to them um to get more involved in in the people's lives that, that they're really making these decisions for because they are they are hurting the people and uh by taking away their freedoms and responsibilities um, uh, Pastor Aaron, I want to bring you in. Um, is you know one of the things we brought up with Arnold is that the church has not engaged very well or not been engaged with um, its people very well in politics. And Arnold is, was saying that you know, hey, I you know my church got involved, but there's a lot of churches that didn't. Um, is there like awakening happening? You know, um, what what do you what's your take on the church? Maybe. And what's happened this last year, and and maybe you've probably woken up through this process a little bit too. 
Yeah, I think I think most of us that have spent our ministerial careers and perhaps even prior to that in you know Christian evangelical esque or Reformed churches, we're sort of subliminally taught that the churches over here and the states over here and there the twain shall meet in terms of mm. engagement. So I think a lot of Christians felt very comfortable you know, reading their Bible and praying and fasting and, you know, sharing the four spiritual laws and all this kind of stuff. But we've essentially let Satan and his minions take over the political system. Politics is now actually theology. Almost everything that comes out of the mouth of politicians today is either good theology, rarely, mostly bad theology. It's various ideals, it's worldviews, it's, um, you know, hedonistic systems of understanding the world and human nature and our purpose. And because of this, we found ourselves in a situation where we're behind the eight ball. And so I do, I do feel a certain measure of conviction that I have not been politically engaged enough up till now, Mm. but I have thoroughly repented of that. Mm -hmm. And I will never make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're rallying our people to engage municipally, provincially, federally, uh, to step up because it matters, you know, when, when righteous rulers who actually know the Bible and have a moral conscience rule nations, even the pagan benefits from that. That's right. Right. But, but right now, you know, we have people who have a confused syncretistic worldview that are governing our people and their, their decisions are, are insane. Uh, I mean, it gets to the point where you're thinking, what, how, how much more ridiculous can these decisions possibly get? You know, in, in our county here in south, southern Ontario, right across the river from Detroit here in Windsor, Ontario, and um, we have two people, as of last weekend, two people in our three big hospitals with, with COVID on ICU, mm-hmm. two. intensive care units. Two people. Two. I confirmed this with a physician who works with COVID patients. We have two people in a region of 300,000 people in ICU with COVID, and the entire region's locked down. We have stay-at-home orders. You're not supposed to go outside of your home unless it's absolutely essential. Mm. You go to Costco and Walmart, you can head straight for the food aisle if you're not allowed to buy socks and underwear anymore. Like, virtually nobody around here is sick. It's warm. It's sunny. But somehow in people's confused mindset, they have this notion that they know what's best for us. And so even their decisions now don't line up with the realities around them. Yeah. So there's a lot of, uh, I hope a lot of Canadians watching um, or going to watch this show later. And they're spread out all over the place. Um, mm, mm. What are what are the pastors doing? You, uh, Tim, I know there's some others. Nate, right? Um, how are you all... Um, banding together how are you all trying to raise a flag and how are you trying to give give the people maybe who are in churches that want to stand but don't know how to or maybe they're in churches that aren't standing but they they know they're tired of this insanity what are you doing to try to raise a rally flag for them do you want to speak to that nate or do you want me to uh i can start and i'll lobby up a softball um so a couple things i mean number one um we all have our churches open, 
And I think that's the biggest thing. Right. Um, we, uh, we, we started, uh, there's several of us who started a, a movement called the Liberty Coalition Canada um, that uh, is, is recru- actively recruiting pastors, uh, doctors, politicians, um, concerned moms who are watching their kids spiral mental health issues and kind of rallying us all together in one spot to tell the various stories, the stories of how the church is being persecuted, the stories of how the uh, medical community is lying to us, um, uh, stories about how the uh, politicians that we've elected in are not actually the people leading the country right now. So uh, libertycoalitioncanada.com is where you can go to see mm. that effort. Mm-hmm. But I would the other thing I would say is that um, in God's providence, denominational lines are breaking down. Mm. And, um, you know, Aaron Aaron's at an independent church. I think uh, Tim Stevens is a Baptist church. Um, and uh, ours is an alliance church um, down about 40 minutes from me. You have another faithful pastor, Pastor Steve Richardson at a Presbyterian church. I was waiting and for that. Denominational lines have just <laughs> broken down, mm-hmm. and now it's just the faithful have banded together and the fearful have scattered together. And so I think we're going to come out of this a lot stronger. Um, and quite honestly, for all of the pastors who don't have their churches open right now, their people are at our churches. Yeah. They're faithful Ooh. people are at our churches. Ouch. The people who take the word of God seriously are at wow. our churches. Wow. Um, so God is galvanizing the faithful, and uh, and God is uh, separating the wheat and the chaff. Wow. Yeah, I, I would agree. The only, the only gain that closed churches are gaining is the applause of Caesar himself. Uh, you know, we have— Mars! Give him an organ! Preach, preach up! You know, we have, we have radical liberals— uh, today in you know Calgary, who don't have an authoritative Bible within you know, you know w- within their entire you know grasp, writing letters to the AHS and the Premier, congratulating them for mm. uh, you know erecting fences around Coates's church, quoting from a Bible that they don't view as authoritative, <laughs> reminding everyone of their gender, he, him, whatever it might be. <laughs> this is the height of absurdity, right? You know, when you have people that don't have an authoritative Bible supposedly speaking on behalf of Christ, when you have godless leaders telling us what it means to love your neighbor, um, it, it, all it does is it confirms that you're headed in the right direction. Right. So I, I think that there's a there's definitely a winnowing <sighs> taking place. There's been a a separation, I would say, of the the wheat from the chaff. The lines are clearly drawn. Um, churches that are closed, for the most part, are losing, um, you know, members by the droves. Over 1,400 churches in Canada took money from the government mm. to help to pay their salaries during the lockdown. They're all compromised churches, in my viewpoint. Yeah. Wow. You're right. Yep. Um, so so this, there's, there's definitely a clear divide. I don't like it. I don't find any joy in that. But unfortunately, we have, you know, the, the faithful behind the stockade on one side and, and the unfaithful on the other side. And, uh, you know, the, the enemy's trying to take down both. It's just that the unfaithful doesn't realize that yet. They're coming for them next. Yeah, that's really, that's really good and, and sad at the same time. Thanks, Aaron, for that. I want to I bring in Pastor James Coates um, into this. Uh, Pastor, first of all, we uh, greatly have appreciated your stance. Going to jail for 35 days. Um, is uh, every day is a is a badge of honor. We prayed for you. We love you very much and your your family and, and what you did 
Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, but first, uh, can you give us an update uh, kind of on what is going on today with your church regarding the gates around your building? You know what? I'm not there to be able to give you a clear update on that at this point in time. Um, it's a, an evolving situation, so um, I can't really comment more than likely what's already been said on that front at this time. Mm-hmm. Um, when they started, to, what time did you, yesterday when they started putting the fence up, how did you find out about it? I got texts from our administrative guy because his phone was uh, going off like crazy because our alarm system was uh, being set off, and so he just let us know that that's what was happening. And, and my initial response was, um, you know, a little bit of excitement. I mean, they are going <laughs> toe-to-toe with the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, Amen. And that, that, that typically does not go well. It certainly will not go well in the end. But, uh, but even now, they are, they are taking on a fight that is way beyond them. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, this is going to obviously create some challenges for us as it relates to gathering. But the Lord is in control of that. He is, he is the provider. And, uh, and so we, uh, we just trust that he will make it possible for us to continue to meet and glorify him in, in the preaching of his word. But I think... There's a few things that need to be said at this point in time. Uh, I think that we have demonstrated clearly that the the threat to Alberta is not COVID-19. It is AHS. We have demonstrated Ooh, that arms. the real threat to That's Albertans right. is, is, are the lockdown measures. Right. And so we have shown them to be weak and incompetent. And, and the fact that they've had to close down our facility is ultimately for the purpose of, of ending the embarrassment. We have met for 37 Sundays without a single COVID-19 case, let alone an outbreak. Right. And so AHS is weak and incompetent, and, and, and I think we've embarrassed them richly. Um, wow. First of all, I just got to tell you, Pastor Coates, I don't know what the pay structure is for your musicians there, but your bass player needs a raise. Just, <laughs> just so you know, uh, <laughs> my dude was killing it. He had that live stream up, and yeah, he was he the was. jolly warrior out there. Yeah, it was he was. A great presentation yeah, for the church. He I represented love you guys well. When you see him, give him a hug for me and say, Knox believes you need a raise. Uh, that's first and foremost. <laughs> um, I want to know, I, I want to know, um, when I saw what was going on, um, I had to get in control of my flesh. <laughs> I'm oh, going to tell you. We, we, we were talking um, offline about this. I really yeah. did. And I was trying to figure out how is it that you're not down there right now without wire cut, without, with wire cutters cutting through that bolt, fence. Bolt cutters. Bolt cutters. Yeah, I mean, that's just not, that's not our approach. I mean, we, uh, we're peaceful. And so we're going we're gonna to continue to be faithful and obedient. But uh, but we're not we're not going to take on a fight like that. The Lord will ultimately defend us, and and He is going to carry us through this. And so we we want to uphold our our sanctification and and our reputation and testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we are quite content to let Him fight this battle. Our responsibility is to be faithful and obedient. That's our aim and our goal. And so we're not going to be cutting the fences. Mm-hmm. Um, J- James. Um. We were just talking to uh, MP um, yes. Arnold uh, Vierzen, Vierzen. and um, one of the questions we asked him at the end, we said, hey, um, you know, James was in jail for 35 days. Um, the fences are up around the church. Um, has this been a victory for the gospel? Uh, he, and, and, and Arnold's a believer. 
MP, but he he couldn't quite answer the question. He wasn't really sure. I want to ask the same question to you. Has your imprisonment has this is is this are these fences around your church? Is this a victory for the gospel? Well, this is another miscalculated error on the part of our government, uh, putting me in jail, putting me in the position they did with that undertaking and giving me that condition was a miscalculation that backfired. Christ was glorified in and through that time. The gospel went forth with power and precision. And so, uh, yeah, this is another miscalculation. This is only going to resound more fully for the glory of God. It's going to wake up more people in Alberta more churches, more pastors, and, and I've already had plenty of opportunities to, to preach the gospel as a direct result of what they've done. I was with Derek Sloan yesterday doing a, a live Facebook video that's got, I think, something like 50,000 uh, views wow. as of Praise last God. night, and I'm preaching the gospel on that live uh, video. So this is, uh, I, this is going, the gospel is going out with power and clarity, and this is a phenomenal time to be a follower of Christ. It's sad that there are a lot of pastors that are asleep right now and missing out on this opportunity, and, and they've got their light under a basket. They are they are a city that is not on a hill, and it's time to put the city back on a hill and, and let the light shine, and that's what we're doing. And it's a, it's a wonderful time to be alive. Um, Pastor Coates, um, Knox United Church released a public statement um, on April 7th, which is that, is that today? Yesterday. Was that yesterday? Have you seen it? Uh-oh. Do we still have him? Yeah. Looks like he froze. Okay. It's all right. Um, uh, well, I'll bring, in, I'll bring in other guys. Aaron. Aaron, uh, bring you in on this. I'm here. There he goes. There oh, there he is. Pastor. There he is. Okay, he's uninterrupted. Just, you're, you're good, James. Um, uh, Pastor James, uh, Knox United Church released a statement yesterday. Did you see that yet? No, I haven't. So I got the statement right in front of me. It was a public uh, media release statement from Pastor Dr. Greg Glatz. Um, now, this is a letter I have in front of me, like the actual piece of paper letter that they released, and he has his personal pronouns under it, which is hilarious. But in the letter, he says, This morning, AHS, with the assistance of RCMP, shut down Grace Life Church. This is good news. The bad news is, is that it took so long for AHS to act. What would you say to... Dr. Glatz. Well, I don't even know what to say. I mean, obviously, we are in two different worlds. Um, he, he clearly believes that Caesar is Lord. Uh, we believe that Christ is mm. Lord and the head of his church. Mm-hmm. And so if he, wants to, if he wants to give the keys over to Caesar and let Caesar rule and run his church, that's his business. But it's, a, it's likely that we are not on the same team. <laughs> um, uh, just every man that claims to be a, a pastor and every man that claims to be a minister of the gospel and a minister of the word is not necessarily that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I don't know who he is, and I, I, I certainly don't want to jump the gun on, on passing any judgment, but I have no guarantee that we're even on the same team. There are two kingdoms. The kingdom of, kingdom of light and kingdom of darkness, and uh, and I'm in the kingdom of light, and I'm preaching the gospel of Christ. And so, if you if you want to stand against that, that's your business. But uh, I'd rather be in the kingdom of light, heralding the lordship of Christ, than than uh, than playing I don't know politics or something else. So, I, maybe, <laughs> Glory. maybe uh maybe we start with uh, Pastor Coates with this question, but then if maybe if, if any of the other gentlemen want to chime in, you know, one of the major pushbacks you, you you're getting from other Christians is, hey, they're not saying you can't meet; they're saying you know only fifteen percent, 
or they're saying, you know, you can meet, but you know, here's how you can meet social distancing, masking, whatever. Um, what's, what's the response to that? When the other Christians say they're not, they're not saying you can't worship, you can worship God. Christ is Lord. Um, and we, the, the MP we just had on, I mean, that was part of what he was saying. He was saying their church is meeting. Um, they, they, they're not sure that this is a wise, uh, fight to pick. What do you say to them? Well, I think at the end of the day, you start from the vantage point that Jesus is Lord of his church. He's the head. He dictates the terms of worship. Then you determine what those terms of worship are, and you settle what those things are, and you recognize that all of those terms of worship are means of grace to the body of Christ, to the building up of that body, to all maturity. And once you settle that and realize that you're in conflict with the government, in light of this so-called health issue that's that's uh, that's being perpetrated on the, the the people of Alberta, you have to decide: is the the virus severe enough to warrant altering the terms of worship? Mm-hmm. A, a choice that's not made because the government dictates it to us. It would be something that we would determine to do for the good of our people and the good of our community. Now, the information is in. COVID nineteen is not the threat that 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 they've been making it out to be. That's right. 99.7% of people are going to recover from this virus. Uh, the, the, the death rate has not increased at a, a significant level to warrant it being even referred to as a pandemic. And, and all of the, the voodoo, the, the so-called science and, and the, the experts right. that are chiming in on masks and social distancing, all of that is at best theoretical and, 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 and very, very suspect. And so you have to decide are you going to alter the terms of worship to accommodate what's happening right now? And it's not worthy of that accommodation. And we've proven that for 37 Sundays. And so um, that's my response to that. Jesus is head. And and we determine if, if, if the circumstances warrant an alteration of the terms of worship, they don't. And so we are here to herald Jesus as Lord. I, I remember in your statement, I, I think it was early in the year, maybe end of December, early January, when you said you, you know, you guys put out some kind of statement about all this. And, and, and I really, really loved the fact that you came in for the landing by saying Jesus is worthy of, of our worship. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, that's the, that's, it seems to me like that's the key question. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of our honor? Is he worthy of our obedience and our worship? I mean, and, and I, I raised the verse with, with the MP a few minutes ago. You know, Jesus says, if you don't hate your father and mother, your sister, your brother, your wife, your husband, your children, for my sake, you're not worthy to be my disciple. The point, Jesus' point being, when you love me with everything, when you follow me with everything, sometimes it may look like you're hating those nearest to you. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is Jesus worthy of that? And um, I really, really appreciate that. I want to bring um, uh, Pastor Aaron yeah. um, on. Mm-hmm. Same question, Pastor Aaron. Um, people ask, you know, say, hey, 15%, um, isn't that enough? Um, you know, can't you just follow these regulations and worship God? Um, what do you say to them? Yeah, well, in, in addition to what Pastor James has said, and notwithstanding any of it, you know, I would add a couple of things. Um, human beings are more than biotic beings. So we, we just don't have the luxury of focusing merely on our biological health and rescuing ourselves from Mm. viral infections that's good uh people are mental beings they're spiritual beings they're psychosocial beings and you you cannot lock human beings up for a year and expect them to be healthy that's right you know ad infinitum so we're seeing as pastors literally we're seeing things like apostasy from those that have been sent home to spend time with their islamic family members 
Uh, we're seeing young men in our church fall back into pornographic addictions. Mm. We're seeing people fall back into um, uh, opioid addictions. The suicides are are up. So we have all of this nasty collateral damage because of these lockdowns. And this is one of the reasons why we're resisting it because of the very human toll. The second thing I would say, which is super important, is the church is Christ's embassy. We are, uh, we are sovereign unto ourselves. Christ is our, our Lord. Uh, historic Western peoples understood this. This is why you had a separation of church and state. This is why the church has been immune from taxation because taxation is a claim to having authority over another. Yep. Mm-hmm. The church is Christ's embassy. And the reality is, even if there was a plague that was devastating our churches, knocking off 50% of our people, I would still be saying the same thing. The That's state right. does not have authority. Come on now. To determine on behalf of pastors who, frankly, love their people far more than any health official. Come on, right. preach. Yeah. Whether they can meet for worship, celebrate the sacraments, baptize their people, greet each other with the holy kiss, visit their sick in the hospital, marry and bury. I mean, this this is a carte blanche uh, attempt to control every nuance and aspect of a life of the church, right down to how much alcohol you have to have in your hand sanitizers. Oh, and I think man. Christians that aren't seeing this are frankly uh, going to find themselves increasingly pushed into a corner. We have other things in our country that are godless, like Bill C-6, Bill C-7. Um, if you don't stand and fight for these things, you're not going to have a leg to stand on when they come for you and say, we're closing your church down, you got to get out, or we're putting you in jail because... You spoke out against homosexuality, right? So ultimately, it boils down to Christ being the, the head of the head of the church. We are His bride. We're not Jason Kenny's bride. We're not Doug <laughs> oh. Ford's bride. Thank God. Yeah. We're That's Jesus right. Christ's bride. Amen. And we listen to our groom. Amen. And our groom commands us to meet and evangelize and be a faithful witness. Being a faithful witness is not doing what the world applauds it's doing what christ has commanded us to do that's so important so, so that's, that's been our position all the way along that that, that point of mm-hmm. the church's sovereignty yes that's right as a as a government instituted by god has been completely lost when you start comparing mm-hmm. um churches to costco that's right and churches mm-hmm. um to i hate know, that argument to, to sport <laughs> exactly. sporting you know sporting events and things like this you are demoting the glory of the bride of Christ. That's right. She she is a sovereign entity unto herself, directly instituted by the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. If you want to compare her to anything, you can compare her to the the civil government mm-hmm. and say she's an equal it's, yeah, institution. Yeah, the, the the institution of the church is an equal government. It would it's like the United States and, and Canada, you know, having a discussion. Yes. You, you, yes. You know, it's like two sovereign nations having a discussion. The the church should come to the table like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. As and, ambassadors of Christ. And I would even say that the church, in one sense, Amen. disciples the government. It needs to teach them that. And how that they should even Amen. be doing law. Amen. Because they, Romans 13, are deacons of God for righteousness, right? right? But so, they need to be discipled. But they need to be discipled. And the church is very much that. I want to hear uh, the other two pastors as well answer sure, the same question. Yeah, no, no, no. Pastor Tim. Yeah. Pastor Tim, yeah. Not, yeah, I would, I would just say, like, whatever Aaron and James had just said it was excellent. But when people say, you know, you can you can gather 15 percent or 10 people, whatever it might be, and and mask and distance and all that, and you can still worship. I think I think Christians, the, the faithful and those who know their Bibles and know those who know what worship truly is and what hospitality truly is and fellowship truly is like they're just not buying it. And they're, they are flooding our churches. And I, I know wow. the other guys on the call, like their church is overflowing. Yeah. I know when they put fences around James Coates 
uh, church yesterday. I talked to our guys. I'm like, guys, expect a huge influx of people this weekend yeah. because more and more people are going to come to the churches that are open. And so we need other churches to open up because people just aren't buying that you can worship at 15%. You can worship at six feet apart. Yeah. Um, they're, they're just, they're just not, they're just not following it. Mm. Pastor uh, Nate, same question. Yeah, I, I think uh, I, I would agree with everything that was said. And I think um, what, what Pastor Toby said about two sovereigns coming to the table is uh, is kind of the main point. We, at our church, the elders looked at all of the government mandates as requests. And so we would look at all of them and say, are these things that we think we ought to follow? Um, and, uh, and at, you know, it, providentially, I was preaching through Daniel to start the year. <laughs> and if you look at Daniel... God's God's uh, God's got us that way, but yeah. um, in Daniel three, the king tries to set up a worship service. Come on now, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who have been very cordial with the king, right? You look at right. chapter two. O king, live forever. They've been very kind. The king um, promoted but, them. Yeah, yeah, the king promoted yeah. them. Daniel three, he brings them before him to say, like, why aren't you worshiping at my worship service? And their 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 response in verse sixteen is incredible. Daniel 3.16, they say, Oh, King, we have no need to answer you in this matter. <laughs> it's, you, you're not even owed an explanation for this, King, because right. God hasn't given worship to the King. He's given it to the church. Wow. And so we, you know, we started at the beginning of this stuff writing letters to our premiers, trying to work alongside them, trying to talk to them about Leviticus 13 and what God's law says Come on now. about how to handle a pandemic because God's – God's law is unchanging. Um, and then we just stopped because we owe them no answer. Worship is under the jurisdiction of the church. That's it right. has nothing to do with the king. So stay in your lane. That's right. um, Amen. So that, that would be the first thing. And the other thing is I, I think that we forget, and I think this is a relevant theological point to make as well, is we forget that you know God wasn't um, content with Zoom church. Because he sent his son, mm. right, to take on flesh and come into the world. So, Preach, I mean, we, we, if we were to go on to Zoom church, if we're to start chopping up the body and saying who can come here and who can't come there, we're actually, we're just denying the incarnational reality mm. of the gospel itself. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, our family, we went out to, to dinner a little while ago, and I mean, I don't really keep up with us going into red and orange and yellow zones or whatever. <laughs> so we went out for dinner, and we got a, a family of uh, five, and we went out, and the, and the restaurant said, um, only four at a table. <laughs> so I kind of look at my, my three kids. One, The youngest one is two, and, and I'm like, all right, well, which one of you wants to sit on your own, kind of jokingly? I'm like, are you serious? Like, we're we're part of the same household. Like no no you gotta you can go two here and three there yep. so I mean obviously we left we found a restaurant that would actually oh, let our family goodness. sit down together Man. but that's what they're trying to get us to do in the church right. chop up your family right. like who who gets to come here and um, you know like we've already said man uh, does not live on bread alone and uh, and we, I think people don't realize how hard it's been not having a hug not being greeted with a holy kiss until they're out from under those restrictions. And we've mm-hmm. had people flooding to our churches because we um, allow freedom of conscience in these areas. And they come in, they take off their mask, they sit next to a brother, sister, they hug them, and they just start weeping. Mm. Because yep. wow. one of the ladies who was here a couple of weeks ago for the first time, she said, I feel like I just exhaled for the first time in a mm. year. Yeah. 
I like people don't understand oh my how heavy these restrictions are until they're free of them. Right. right? So, Pastor Coates, so. Pastor Coates, I know you got to go here in a minute, um, but uh, uh, you know, has this? You you touched on this a little bit at the very beginning. Um, the church has been very apathetic, and that's why we're in the position that we're in, both here in the United States and both in Canada. Um, have you guys started to see a lot of churches wake up and pastors wake up? And, you know, what are you guys seeing, Pastor Coates? Well, I got to be honest, like that's Tim's uh, uh, sphere of expertise because he's been the driving force behind getting churches opened up in Alberta. I was uh, Way to go, Tim. I was in a jail cell for, for 35 days and <laughs> was, was locked off from all that's been going on. That's one of the blessings about this whole situation is I'm free right now. And so I get to actually experience this on the outside. You know, I got Tucker Carlson uh, reaching out to us and wanting to do a show with us. Uh, I couldn't really enjoy all of it while I was on the inside. So I get to actually be out here for the whole media storm that's going on. But uh, it seems like churches are waking up. I want to just tell a story first before Tim takes that. So I'm in my, my cell with my cellmate. And I would read scripture to him. And, and I would sing hymns from time to time. And he'd love them. And I read him Daniel 3. And I just did a reading. Like, yeah. no explanation. I just read it. Yeah. And you're just like, man, that sounds a lot like what you're going through. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I was contacted by an MLA, uh, a guy named Dane Lloyd. And, and he contacted me to try and, while I was in jail, to talk me out of, of what I was doing. And he... He appealed to Daniel 3 and said, I don't think this is a Daniel 3 situation. I said, I think it's more like Daniel 3 than you think. Well, my cellmate, which is a plain reading of the text, yeah. was just like, wow, that is incredibly similar to what you're going through. And so um, Daniel 3 is a phenomenal portion of Scripture. I'm glad Nate brought it up. Before, I'm, just, before, I'm just glad I know James before, because he had a cellmate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have a cellmate? I didn't have well, I didn't, no, I did, did have a cellmate. But, so uh, but three. three hours to 35 days, Pastor please. James, before, please. <laughs> before we head off to town, I want to know what Sunday looks like for you guys. Yeah. I want to know what you guys are planning for Sunday. I w- I'm just wondering how you're thinking about this in the next few days before Sunday gets here. Is that for me? Yes, I mean, for you. Yeah, well, you know, Plans are ever evolving. Um, we've got uh, we've got some plans, and I it's it's I can't really telegraph those plans at this point in time. Yeah. But but even what we do have in place may be changing because of uh, yeah. of things that are materializing even at present. So uh, we you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna worship the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Uh, one, I, I, got one. I hope it looks like Jericho. Yeah, me too. I'll just say that. I'll just say yeah. that. I hope it looks like Jericho. Amen. Uh, uh, so just a, a legal update. How, or, or let me just ask you this question. How does AHS have the authority to put a fence around and basically confiscate your property? What what legally is going on? That's a good question, and we asked the same question yesterday, so I'll give you the legal response on that. Basically, AHS has the authority to order us closed, and if we don't comply with that closure order, then in theory they would have the authority to to utilize the RCMP to physically close the building. If they didn't have that authority, then essentially there'd be no teeth in the legislation. And so if they have the authority to order us closed with a piece of paper, then in theory they have the authority to physically shut us down. And uh, and you know so that that's a pretty simple, straightforward response, but I, I think it, it, it addresses the issue. Okay. Um, really, really quickly, one other thing I wanted to ask you about, the MP that we talked to earlier said he thought that the reason you were actually arrested yeah. was because you had signed um, a form 
agreeing to abide by certain stipulations, which you then Broke. did yeah. did not abide by. Is that true? Yeah. So he he is out to lunch and hasn't got the foggiest idea what he's talking about. Okay. I was Bars. served with an undertaking that had a condition in it. The condition is the same condition I refused to sign that resulted in my imprisonment. Okay. I told them I cannot agree to that condition. They said it doesn't matter. Uh, we will indicate that you have refused this condition, but the condition still stands. So when I held the service the following Sunday, I did breach the condition, but I never agreed to comply with the condition. So I have been uh, walking in integrity and Correct. upheld my word the entire time. Even when I pled guilty to what I did, I pled guilty because I did breach that undertaking, and I could have stayed in jail and, and maybe waited out the crown, and they would have dropped all the charges, but then I would be not shepherding the flock. And the reason that I was in jail was because there was a condition that precluded me from doing that, and with the, the deal that was offered to me by the crown, that condition came out of the way, and so I thought, well, I mean, whatever. I, I Yeah, I breached that undertaking, and I would do it again in a heartbeat. So, right. um, so I... Yeah, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And I would love, actually, even a, an opportunity to address some of the, the discussion around Jason Kenney. I think I think some truth needs to be spoken into that situation. Yes, sir. Do it. I would say this. Jason Kenney is a liberal in conservative clothing. He is not the conservative that he, he claimed to be. I would say that everything he ever said that was supportive of true conservatism is a lie. And it was an effort to infiltrate the conservative party and ultimately give us the PC party all over again. And so I, and I would say that on the basis of action, you know, a man's conviction, who he is on the basis of his actions, right. actions speak louder than words. And that's why, that's why when it comes to the Lordship of Christ, I can herald Jesus is Lord, but am I willing to go to jail for his Lordship? And yeah. if I'm not, then you're going to question whether or not I believe he's Lord. Amen. And in this situation, Jason's true conservative backbone should be coming out and shining. Come on but now. It's in the crisis that we find out who he really is, and he's not the man that we thought he was. The UCP party is finished. If that party does not stand up, bring Kenny out, and give us a real true conservative, they're done. The mm. Wild Rose is gonna is gonna is gonna surge in our province, and 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 it's gonna be Wild Rose and NDP, and and so I would just encourage Kenny to step down. He's done and finished, and, and, and he is, again, storing up wrath for the day of judgment. He needs to repent. Yes. He needs to look to Christ. Yes. He is not a Christian. He is yes. not a follower of Jesus Christ. He does not know the Lord, and, and I think it's time for him to bow his knee to Christ and, and confess him as such. Mm. Amen. Man. <sighs> you had a question? <laughs> I have no follow up. <laughs> Pastor Tim was gonna um, was gonna pick up on the, uh, the question. Uh, um, I forgot your question. The though. question was whether how how many churches have actually started rising yeah. up because of all of yeah, this. Yeah, what are you Pastor seeing, Tim? Pastor Tim? And then and then we'll let we'll let all you guys go. I know I know you guys got to go after this. So Pastor Tim, I want to end with you on this. Uh, what are you seeing in the rise in churches? Is there uh, are pastors there waking up or you know what's going on? Yeah, I think I think Nate or Aaron might be able to tell us you know across across Canada, but there's. Please. There's just over 20 churches here in Alberta that are publicly open. Um, it, it, it's a small number considering how many churches are here. I know a few guys who are open, but not necessarily publicly. And I'm trying to encourage them to be publicly open and to stand with Grace Life and others. Mm -hmm. and, and really, I, I just want pastors to, to to join our coalition. We have a website called OpenAlbertaChurches.com that's kind of partnering with with the, with what the guys are doing at Liberty Coalition. Good. Um, 
but essentially what we want to be doing is 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 you know the goalposts are constantly moving and as you know as as the kind of the evangelical elites even in our own, our own country uh they, they keep on just shifting their goalposts along with with what our what our you know our province and our our rulers are saying but uh you know even, even this past week our, our premier is now tying the lifting of restrictions to how many how many people are vaccinated in our province and so again it's not about people in hospitals not about cases any longer now it's wow. about the vaccines wow. and so hopefully pastors wake up and realize that like, how long are you going to keep your church and your people in bondage and, and keep on following this narrative as it always shifts or are you going to take a stand now you know repent and say hey we, we made a bad call james actually had it right we should have listened a long time ago let's open our churches so that would be my plea rather than c- continue to follow like the shifting narrative that is going to leave our churches you know decimated at least those ones that are close mm. uh nate Nate, what's going on? What have you seen nationwide part of with Liberty Coalition? Uh, yeah, so we've definitely seen an uptick. Uh, you know, I think when James went to prison, I think, um, I mean, you guys said it earlier, that was a victory. And, uh, and there are a lot of pastors who I think, there's grace and shame, right? There's a lot of pastors who felt shame that he mm-hmm. was willing to take that stand and they're not even willing to open their churches. And so more churches definitely opened. Um, and uh, we, it, you know, it seems like every week we get a couple more churches signing up for the Liberty Coalition as the uh, shutdown orders. You know, this is, it's, it's like Pharaoh, right? Pharaoh um, came down harder on the Israelites once uh, people started vocalizing. And so we just saw a stay at home order uh, issued in That's Ontario right. and, uh, but you can't keep the people of God down. So we're definitely seeing an uptick, but I mean, it's, so I'm, I want to be positive about that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's pathetic when you think about how many churches there are in Canada, right. how few are open. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and quite honestly, I mean, if there's any pastors who are listening right now, some of the ones that I've talked to ought to be ashamed of their answers. Um, you know, they, they have too much to lose, pensions, um, mm. you know, all kinds of stuff. And it's it's ridiculous. And so... Uh, I, th- I think way more churches need to be on board with this. Unfortunately, a lot of them are covering their ears, pleading Romans 13, all kinds of stuff, and uh, it's it's pathetic. Aaron, any final thoughts, closing thoughts? Yeah, there's about 85 churches that have publicly said they're they're open without restrictions. I'd guess there's another that many that are open but don't want to broadcast it. Um, we're moving forward as as per usual. Uh, we have a good security team. We're not allowing the police in our facility. That's we're not right. counting heads. Um, we're going to, you know, have our plausible deniability. Our our greatest enemy in all this, obviously, is, um, you know, the the world, the flesh, and the devil. The mm-hmm. devil being top of the heap. But unfortunately, some of his prime agents are other ministers of the gospel, Ouch. who have gone on record posing our stance, who've called us out, who've called us names. Um, Some of them are running around as poster boys for the province's vaccination uh, protocols, Mm. receiving vaccinations. And then, and by the way, I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but that's your personal choice. Right. But going around as poster boys for the government, applauding Caesar at every turn, uh, trash talking coats and other churches like ours that have taken a stand and and it it is disgusting and it's shameful it, i think my besetting sin is irritation and anger <laughs> and I, i'll tell you I, I i get hit hard with this i mean it makes my blood boil mm-hmm. when i see people compromising and and, and bowing and neglecting their responsibilities mm-hmm. 
But at the end of the day, as Nate has mentioned several times, people are coming to Christ by the droves. We've baptized 62 people since last oh, fall. Several God, of them, God. former, several are former Muslims. We had a thousand people wow. in church on Palm Sunday. Wow. wow. Um, but I'm also getting calls from Toronto, from, from Kitchener, from London, people that are like, we don't have, we don't have a church to go to. Can you yeah. somehow be our pastor or send us a church planter or something like that? Mm. And, and that saddens me that there's people across the country that are not being adequately led and pastored. But at the end of the day, as I've said, I, I believe in the sovereignty of God. God will separate the wheat from the chaff. We will win because Jesus has already won. Yeah. Uh, the church will continue to grow, will prevail. And those that have not stood for the causes of Christ are either going to play the role of a fool for the rest of their lives, or they're going to repent. Yeah. Amen. And um, of course the Lord will be gracious with them as well. But we're looking forward to what God has in store in our country. I really think we're on the verge of uh, some sort of a, a spiritual revival. I'm not sure what that's going to look like, but we're going to stand firm yeah. and, um, you know, s- submit where we're called and, 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 and not submit where we're not called. So thanks for having us, by the way, guys. I'm super yeah. thankful for our American brothers and for all they've <sighs> Brother, we're thankful for you, man. We We are thankful. You You know what? You guys have been an encouragement over here. Amen. Um, Amen. For real. Seeing you guys handle this like this and being faithful with the the table that God's put before you in the presence of your enemies and watching you guys stand firm and be loving. And and lean into it. uh, um, even watching you guys handle say you know what you guys have actually showed a model of how to repent you talked about this earlier maybe I wasn't engaged in the way I was before I repented of that I mean what Amen. a model for yeah. other churches to follow yep. and for people even over here yeah. your American brothers to say my goodness look at them yeah. I, mean, I would hope that after the after those chains went on the doors and the fences went around the church that everybody even those people who are pro mask and, and who are your, your enemies would say look that's too far <laughs> right. that, like that, 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 that's too far. Right. Now look, I, I want to wear masks. I want to. I want to have a limited church and all that. But what they just did to Coates and those yep. brothers over there—that's too far. Well, that's, that's what I love about him saying, "Hey, you just went toe to toe with Jesus." Yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. You, you right. remember when Jesus, you know, got Saul on the road to Damascus? He said, "Why are you persecuting me?" me. That's right. Now, you're, you're dealing with Jesus now, and I lo- and I love the. I mean, I think I think you're absolutely right. I mean, when something like this is going down. This means that Jesus is at work. That's right. He, he's at work in Canada right now, mm-hmm. and and that means you know we got him right where we want him. And, and mm-hmm. I love starting Fight Laugh Feast Canada with these boys. That's oh right. yeah! Right. You heard about that? Can't, can't wait to be rolling hey, that out with you guys. Get them their shirts with the Canadian it's flag. Coming. It's coming. Down it's to coming. The cross. We're it's coming. It. Okay. Yep. Right. Hey, be praying for these brothers. When they put a video up, you share it. Amen. You share it. When yep. this going on, I mean, I hope they're live streaming every day up there. Yeah, <laughs> get out there. Right. You share it. That is a way that we can. Support support over here be praying for them bend your knees and get on and pray before the lord and ask god to fight their battles and worship worship with them on sunday Sunday. throughout the world amen open up your church if you're single get married if you're married have kids and if you have kids go baptize them until sunday love god with all your heart soul mind and strength love your neighbor as yourself go fight laugh and feast this is cross politic